Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, I'm Andy Wales and welcome along to the final uh, Pro Wrestling Index podcast of 2016. Uh, lots to talk about tonight. We're going to go back over uh, the, the Roblox show, a little bit of NXT, and we're also going to have a, a little bit of a look back on our highs and lows and uh, hand out a few awards, uh, shall we say, for uh, for 2016. So I can't do that by myself, of course. I must call upon the services of my audio tag team partner, Mo Chatra. So, Mo, welcome along. Hi there, Andy. How are you doing? I'm not doing so bad, actually. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to this, uh, especially looking to looking forward to giving out... Uh, well, we haven't quite got a name for them yet, have we? The, the WWE have got the Slammies. Um, I mean, we, we have to think of a, a really crappy gimmicky name. So, do, what about the Poddies? Does that sound about right? Poddies um yeah no that that's great um and for the uh kind of rewards for you know really poor shows poor performances poor workers you know we can give them the awards of the potties or something like that so uh no i think that works for me the potties <laughs> i like it um <clears throat> so we'll so well, i mean we'll start things off with uh this past sunday night it was the Raw exclusive uh, pay-per-view Raw block. Uh, oh, end of the line. Don't forget that end of the line bit because obviously that's very important because that was the narrative of the show. You know, it was the end of the line for a couple of those, you know, matches and uh, feuds. Um, not some of them because they were having rematches the following night on Raw. So it wasn't really yeah. quite the end of the line for everyone. But... Um, your overall thoughts on the show as a whole, though, before we start breaking down the matches uh, one by one or more? On the whole, I thought it was a good show. Um, I know that's certainly not uh, an opinion, opinion shared by many. Uh, a lot of people are very disappointed in the show, but um, I thought overall it, it, it was a good show. I mean, I thought it ended on a bit of a flat note, obviously, and we'll come on to that, talk about that, but... Um, now, there's certainly some pretty good action on the show. So, uh, you know, it's one of those disappointing ones in that you'd like the shows to build up and get better as you go through the matches and end with a cracking main event. And we didn't quite get that with this one, but um, some of the action on the undercard more than made up, in my view, for um, a disappointing main event. So, uh, 
Yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty decent show. And I think we've been spoiled as well. You know, 2016 has delivered some really good shows by the WWE. So, um, you know, comparing this one against some of the others from this year, um, you'd say, well, it wasn't quite as good. But, you know, if you compare it just on a standalone basis um, and judge it on that basis, then um, I, I'd have to say it was a overall pretty decent show. Yeah, I've got to agree. I thought it was pretty decent. Um, I, I wasn't. It wasn't spectacular at all, but... Yeah, I, I actually fairly enjoyed it, you know, just sort of sit back and uh, just take it for what it is. And I mean, if we go by match by match, I've got to say the opening match of the night, the, the tag team titles, uh, Cesaro and Sheamus uh, obviously defeating the New Day and becoming the new tag team champions. It's kind of been on the cards for a, a few weeks now that the that it was going to come to a, to an end, their reign. And now that they'd finally passed that uh, demolition record. And I don't know about you more, but I loved this tag team match. I thought it was fantastic. Completely agree. Um, it was a lot better. Well, it was better, a fair bit better, in fact, than I was expecting. I thought it would be a good match because um, New Day generally does deliver in these pay-per-view matches. And uh, Cesaro and Sheamus is a pair of grown and grown in terms of their chemistry and ring work um, as a pairing. So I thought it would be good, but I thought it turned out to be great, in fact. It was a really, really good match and arguably the best um, tag team match I've seen the New Day competing all year. Um, you know, and they've had some pretty good matches. So it was good all action throughout, I mean, just over 10 minutes. Uh, so not a particularly long match, but um, you know, I had a... Pretty strong pace um, right from the right from the offing, and um, it was something I was expecting. I mean, they've been teasing the fact that um, you know these new day would you know break that record that demolition have held for over a quarter of a century, and um, you know we talked two or three weeks ago about uh, Cesar and Sheamus um, of any of the teams being a, a decent uh, pairing to become the new champions, and um, you know, so it proved on the night. Um, you know, they they uh, came up trumps and um, you know, worked a really good match, and uh, you know, still teased that tension that's there between the two when uh, Sheamus grabbed both belts and uh, celebrated on his own. Um, but it was it was a really good opener, and um, you know that title run had to come to an end, and you know now is probably the right time for those two uh, for those three to drop the belts. And um, just give someone else a chance, and uh, it's perhaps just just what was needed to give a bit of a shot in the arm to the tag team division. And um, you know, obviously, the New Day are still involved in the tag team title mix, but um, it'd be good for others to get an opportunity. And uh, you know, certainly with Cesaro and Sheamus as the new champions, um, hopefully, we'll see others um, get a bit of that spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. It is good to, for them to freshen it up. I think it has needed it for quite some time, really. And I think New Day have needed um, a little bit of a freshening up. So, you know, not having the belts gives them, you know, a good opportunity to, to maybe take them down a slightly different path and then bring them back up again. I mean, who knows? But, yeah, I, I, I've got to say, actually, it's, it's, as, it's as good a tag team match as I've seen this year. Uh, probably close to being on a par with um with one between DIY and Revival at, at the uh, at the last takeover event 
So it's, you know, I, I, I thought the match was great and, and they squeezed an awful lot into them 10 minutes. They really, really did. So, you know, kudos, great way to, to kick off the pay-per-view that absolutely fantastic way to kick it off. Uh, the next one up though, Sami Zayn and Braun Strowman. Now, there's people who particularly didn't like this, you know, but I kind of like this this 10-minute time limit, um, you know, that you just has to last. Because for me, this this kind of setting, this really, really brought out what Sami Zayn is so, so good at, him, to my mind. You know, that baby face who's, you know, who's taking the beat and he, he takes it and takes it. And, and you just, you're willing him. You, you're getting behind him. You want to see him make that comeback, you know. And, and I just think he's so, so good at this. And, you know, obviously going forward, they need to find a way of, you know, making the most of that for him, you know, not just in these kind of situations, but as a one-off, you know, this is a kind of thing we don't see very, very often at all. I thought it worked quite well. I don't know about yourself. Well, I agree again. Um, you know, Sami Zayn, when he was El Generico on the independent scene before he came to the WWE, um, really excelled in that kind of babyface in peril kind of role and um you know he kind of went back to that in this match and he had to i mean he he couldn't go toe-to-toe with braun Strowman. you know that just wouldn't have been plausible or realistic in any way um you know Strowman's a much bigger guy much stronger um physically dominating so you know sammy zane had to play that kind of underdog um david role and you know he played it to a plum he performed it really well and um you know, the, the storyline leading up to the match as well, I thought they they worked it quite well. I mean, I was a bit um, unsure about, you know, whether this was the right thing for Zami Zayn. I really didn't think that, you know, it was the best thing career-wise for him. Um, I didn't see how he could win out of it and uh, come out of it looking good. But um, somehow both um, he and Strowman and also the uh, writers as well have made something quite good out of this whole storyline and uh he came out of it looking stronger which i didn't think would be possible um and at the same time i thought Strowman came out looking stronger as well so um this was a, a good example of uh, a storyline that was done in a, a bit of an old school type of way but um also done in a way that protected both individuals so you know Fair play to everyone involved. And uh, the match itself obviously wasn't a great match, but um, it told a good story that fit into um, everything that they'd been building for several weeks. So, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, Sami Zayn technically won the match by uh, surviving the 10 minutes meant that, um, you know, he came out of it looking good and Strowman um, wasn't pinned. You know, he didn't submit. So, he came out of it looking good in that way too. And, uh, you know, both obviously then will move into different directions out of, out of that match. So it was the end of the line for the two, but um, it worked and it was a success. And, uh, you know, my, my love for Brown Strawman uh, grew even more. So, uh, you know, it was a win all round. Yeah, Braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I, I've got to say, look, I, I was not a fan of Strowman. Uh, certainly with the Wyatts, he looks so green. It was ridiculous. It was like the Incredible Hulk. Uh, it, he's 
I don't, he's not like he's progressed massively in the ring, but I think what they are doing is they've been very, very smart with him. I mean, to go 10 minutes is quite a stretch with him in a one-on-one match. And that's testament to Sami Zayn in the way that the you know he kept the pace of that match going and the way that it was structured. Uh, and you say that you know they were both protected. I think they were both elevated as well, and that's an important thing because not necessarily Sami Zayn, his career elevated, but where he's positioned and how he's been seen on Raw over the past few months, the way he's come out of this over the past couple of the weeks in. He's, you know, he's looking for that respect. He's looking, you know, that determination that he, he doesn't care. You know, he will fight anyone. He's not going to have anybody give him the easy route. And I, and that promo he gave beforehand, you know, about the trade with Eve Marie and that, you know, that that was great. That was really good stuff from uh, from Sami Zayn. And this match as well, he just came out at the end of it. You know, he had some on, he he had some uh, offense near the end. I think he came out of it looking good. And Strowman looks strong. And I've got to say, what they've done with Strowman overall, the, these past two, three months, the way that they're slowly building him up, you know, he's becoming a significant character. And I think people are really catching on to it. So I, th- I think they've got to be congratulated, certainly the way they're using Strowman. But going forward with Sami Zayn is going to be an interesting one. I think they've really got to do something with him now. They can't just kind of leave it as it is and let him go back to... Uh, pretty much, you know, 50-50 job in, you know, mid-card. I, I think he really needs something. No, I totally agree. Um, you know, it, it's really a shame, though, that he is on Raw because SmackDown is crying out for Sami Zayn. Um, it's a roster that's so um, short of strong, um, believable baby faces that can, you know, act as viable challenges to AJ Styles and um, Sami Zayn would fit the bill perfectly um but unfortunately he's, he's still on raw so um whilst he's there um you know though he might get um to move into a slightly more meaningful program after this um you know i, I can't help but feel that um you know he, he's still somewhat lost in the shuffle and uh if he was over on smackdown then uh, you know he'd be right in the mix and um be able to have a, a very good program with um, AJ Styles, but uh, we are where we are with him. And uh, you know, in the meantime, he has to make the most of his time on Raw. And um, you know, what he did show in the last several weeks is that, in addition to being an exceptional worker, um, as somebody who can perform, you know, storyline-wise, and when it comes to promos, you know, he really showed that he's got something on that front too. So um, yeah, as you say, you know, he, he came out of it looking good, and it did elevate him. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, next, next on the card though was uh, Seth Rollins and Chris Jericho. Now, I, I've got to say, look, I'm a huge fan of Seth Rollins. I think he's a, just an incredible worker, great talent, um, and Chris Jericho has been phenomenal this year. He really has. You know, obviously a big, massive favourite, and I love his right down to. Uh, his, his Christmas jumper that he put out that I love, you know, he's making a list and he's checking it twice, you stupid idiot. You know, it's it, just a great opportunity and, and he's come across brilliantly. I wrote an article that's that's on the website, on the Anfield Index website there, about Chris Jericho. Uh, you know, I, I just can't say enough good things about him. He's been fantastic. Both of them are great. But somehow together, this for me it hasn't quite gelled this the chemistry isn't quite there I, I don't know it just doesn't feel authentic so to speak I, I don't know there was just something missing for me 
Yeah, um, you know, I mean, it was a relatively long match. I think it was about 17 minutes. But um, I agree. I mean, it wasn't a great as match as great a match as I was expecting. I had high hopes for it. I mean, Jericho is a very good worker and can have a an exceptional match with the right opponent. And um, you know, Seth Rollins is somebody who last year, up until he got injured in November last year, um, was somebody I was talking about as being the best working the WWE and arguably in the whole business. And um, you know, since he's come back, uh, he certainly hasn't hit the heights that he did prior to his injury. And furthermore, since his babyface turn, um, he's, he's lost even more. And I think simply put, as a babyface, he's just not working, I'm afraid. He was such That's a not, good heel. No. Yeah, that, uh, sorry, sorry, Mark. Just, it isn't, but the thi- I think... that. The big thing was the timing. When he came back, that was the time to turn him immediately babyface because the crowd wanted it. By the time they actually turned him, I think the crowd had kind of like got past wanting it and kind of accepted him as a a heel again. So I don't, I think it was so much in the timing as much as anything. Uh, And and then obviously then his character that he's kind of portrayed since it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel natural to me. No, that's right, and um, you know this is this is a common theme in the WWE in that um, you know I don't know if it's the writers, whether it's Vince, Steph, Triple H, I'm not sure who, but uh, they really struggle to write good, believable uh, promos that fit the characters of you know the, the top baby faces, and um, you know we've seen it uh, most notably with Roman Reigns as well that. Um, a large part of the reason why they've completely failed to get him over as a strong baby face is because um, the promos that they gave him, um, you know, in the lead up to his match with Brock Lesnar last year were awful. And, um, you know, he's, he's really struggled ever since and um, is less over as a baby face as at any time um, during his baby face run since um, departing from the shield. And, Mo, uh, oh, can I just stop you there for a moment, please? Mo, yeah, yeah. Are, are you seriously saying there's something wrong and something bad about a, a pro wrestler saying suffering succotash? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's one of these things which um, I can't admit to hearing much on the street. Um, and, you know, it's not the type of thing I usually um, kind of link with this badass six foot three, 20 stone um, Samoan. So, uh, you know, <laughs> or, or even any other kind of performer in the WWE. Um, and, and the fact that pretty much every promo has the term, quite frankly, I mean, who under the age of 70 years old uses the term quite frankly? Um, you know, it, it's so it's so poor the way that these promos are written, and um, you know the, the need to get the need to work with the talent and um, let them express themselves in ways that they feel is right for them and their characters. And you know the people that are the most effective on promos in the WWE are those that are given more latitude to um, deliver promos. Um, without much influence or any influence from the script writers. So, you know, the likes of Jericho, the likes of Kevin Owens, um, New Day to an extent, even The Miz, um, you know, these are amongst the best promos in the company. 
And it's no coincidence that um, their promos are largely the work of themselves run um, all the multitude of scriptwriters that work for the WWE. And, um, you know, I think there's something behind that. So, you know, it, it's it's a common problem and it, it's been a problem for a, a while. And um, until the WWE accepts that this is an issue, then I'm afraid that, you know, baby faces and poor, belie- unbelievable promos um, that don't seem genuine or, thought- or authentic uh, will, will be a recurring theme. And, and that, that's a shame. Well, quite frankly, I agree. So... <laughs> I have to squeeze one in absolutely Uh, so what about the the cruiserweight uh, match that was up next the triple threat between uh, Rich Swan, Brian Kendrick and TJ Perkins because um, I kind of look forward to this match I thought it might be quite a good one given uh, what these can do actually working as a threesome rather than just as a pair but as good as I thought they actually had a good match, as good as it was, the best bit really was after it, wasn't it? Well, that's right. Absolutely, it was. And, um, you know, it, it was a short match, surprisingly short. Um, I thought they'd be given the chance to go out there and have a longer match, but um, that wasn't the case. But nonetheless, um, it was fairly all action throughout and... Um, I thought it was the right result that Rich Swan retained his title. Um, you know, I like TJ Perkins. I like the Brian Kendrick, but um, neither acts that are over with the crowd. And of the three, Rich Swan is certainly um, the more over of the three. And, um, you know, certainly has a bit more to offer in terms of personality. And, um, you know, that that's one of the things that perhaps is big weakness of the division currently is that um you know they've got rich swan they've got jack gallagher and um maybe one or two others but most of the roster are lacking that kind of connection that can help them um get a reaction from the live crowd and that's why more often than not these cruiserweight matches are not getting much of it or any reaction because um you know these guys are generally lacking in personality. So it, it was the right result, but um, it was good to see, um, you know, the, the championship and the division move in a different direction post-match when uh, Neville popped up and uh, turned heel with, um, you know, his post-match antics. And, uh, you know, <laughs> despite, you know, turning heel, um, he got a bit of a thank you Neville chant, didn't he? So uh, <laughs> yeah. that was just pretty typical. Ironic, the best... The, the biggest pop he's got <laughs> in months it was when he turned heel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Vince probably sits there backstage just pulling his hair out sometimes when the, these types of things happen, thinking, damn it, you're not supposed to act like that. Boo the man. Um, but no, they don't. Um, you know, all these heel antics, they only get cheers nowadays. And uh, maybe maybe Vince need, needs to learn reverse psychology and, uh, you know... Um, Maybe that that might get the kind of desired effect, but uh, nonetheless, it's good to see that happen. And um, you know, we're going to go into um, you know Neville potentially becoming the focal point of the division. Um, obviously, he's not the champion, but uh, you know, the division was crying out for Neville. I mean, this division, in my view, is something that needs to be a lot more athletic and less um, about submissions. Uh, and, you know, there'll be people that might disagree, but um, you know, the flippy floppy stuff is what, you know, really sets it apart. 
or sh- what should set it apart. And uh, you know, what's like so your Jack Gallagher's, um, no, Amdars with the technical wrestling certainly have a role uh, to play within the division. It's the more aerial orientated kind of workers like Sir Neville, Lince Dorado, um, likes of them that um, can really um, get people on the edge of their seat and really react. And uh, you know, that, that's the kind of action that this division needs to be, um, you know, really associated with. And uh, that's why I'm, I'm glad to see Neville finally in the division. And um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll become a very important integral part of it. Yeah, and hopefully it's the shot in the arm that it really needs to, to kind of get going and, and really help pick up 205 Live. But uh, next up was was a match that I certainly was looking forward to. I was certainly intrigued to whether or not this could live up to the Iron Woman match in NXT last year. And though I don't think it was quite on a par with that, uh, just the psychology, I, I don't think it, it, it quite matched the uh, the Bailey sasha Banks uh, Iron Woman match of last year. This was good. It was very good, and I and I've got to say, I although it was kind of predictable towards the end that it was coming, I did like the overtime element to it, and uh, kind of interested in, in in the way that it went. Yeah, it was. I mean, certainly the early going um, was very very reminiscent of a an old school nineteen eighties type of technical was it used to be known then scientific type wrestling match and uh you know the work that the two uh were pulling out in those first you know good 10-15 minutes or so um you know it was very basic scientific mat wrestling and, and that was good to see it was a refreshing change of pace i mean often in um in wwe these days you know we see you know move after move after move after move and um you know to see something which is a bit more slow, slower, a bit more deliberate. Um, it's good just because it's different. Um, so that that was that was refreshing. And I, I mean, I'm sure there would have been fans that were watching it thinking, well, actually, this is quite boring. And uh, certainly the live crowd weren't exactly, um, you know, um, popping huge throughout the first half of that Iron Man match. But uh, no, it was, it was a typical slow burner. You know, it kind of picked up and picked up. And... Um, you know, at the end of the 30 minutes, you know, it was pretty good by that point. And uh, obviously it was tied at two all and, uh, you know, had a good finish where they were teasing, um, you know, where, you know, where the, which way the match would go and, um, you know, hit the 30 minute mark. And then it was announced that um, it was going into overtime and, uh, you know, the crowd was certainly getting more into it at that point And, uh, you know, that overtime stretch uh, was really good. And, um, you know, the match certainly hit a crescendo in that period. And, uh, you know, it, it was good to see um, how, how they worked it. And, uh, and it, was, it was a brave thing for them to do as well, because the easy thing would have been for them to try and fill out a match with lots of falls and go, you know, five all by the end of the 30 minutes and go to a sixth fall um for the winner in the overtime and uh, make it a much more action packed type of match in that regard. But they wanted to do something a bit different and uh, no, it's similar to the match that they had at, um, <clears throat> excuse me, hell in a cell where again, they tried to do something a bit more different and uh, I didn't think it quite worked then, but I thought this was more of a success and uh, it, it was very good. And 
you know, yet again, Charlotte showed just what quality worker she is. And, you know, credit to Sasha as well. You know, she came across too strong too. Charlotte became a four-time champion and uh, gave the four horsemen sign, uh, which um, was good to see. And uh, she's a champion again, and, uh, you know, it was it was well-deserved. Yeah, I, I mean, I fully expected it. Obviously, this thing that they're pushing, isn't it, that uh, that Charlotte, sorry, <clears throat> Charlotte Flair, as it is now, uh, there's been that subtle change. Oh, yes. She's, yeah, she's distinctly Charlotte Flair now as well, that they're pushing that part. Um, yeah, it, it, this sort of the thing that she always wins at pay-per-views and, uh, <laughs> and Sasha wins at Raw. Uh, I... <clears throat> the, the the only thing I think is kind of like a, the whole, whole sort of almost like a narrative of of this show and of the um, of the SmackDown pay per views as well is probably because we see these matches so often on the TV that the pay per views don't kind of feel so special anymore because you know it, it's almost like another it's it this at times was like it was like watching Raw except with less promos and more in ring action. I think because we've seen so much uh, interaction and so many uh, matches between them, but yeah, it was for this one. It, it was good. I think that they actually were bringing it to a close because I think the their feud's gone on for long enough. I think it was time to, to for them both to move in new directions and do something fresh. Uh, and I'm certain that they'll look back at some point and and it will be celebrated that some of the matches that they had and you know the ongoing rivalry that they had. And I'm sure they'll come back to it at a later date as well, because they're, you know, both very good workers. And Charlotte, you know, she she's gone from strength to strength over the year. Uh, and I'm guessing that Bailey will be next for her. It's uh, it's. I mean, is I know we we've got one more match to talk about yet. You know, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. But do you kind of feel like that, like I do uh, more on these these uh, you know these brand exclusive pay per views that. It's almost like watching, you know, an extended version of the TV show. Um, yes, certainly more now than um, was the case prior to the launch of the WWE Network. Um, because most people now watch these shows on the network and um, you know, they've increasingly got a more stable kind of uh, subscriber base. Um there's not that kind of urgency to try and get people to pay, you know, 30, 40, $50 a month um, to purchase these pay-per-views because they know that most will be putting down their 10, sorry, the nine ninety nine a month um, on a monthly basis coming out by direct debit from their bank account, no doubt. And um, they don't have that incentive to say, okay, shall I buy the pay-per-view or shan't I? And so, Therefore, it makes it a bit more easy for them to throw uh, pay-per-view type matches onto TV um, without it affecting uh, the success of their so-called pay-per-view shows because um, you know, they're now on the network. Um, so I think that I think that's part of the reason why we are getting more of these pay-per-view type matches on TV. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, I like my bigger shows to be kept special, and I like you know, these bigger matches to be kept exclusive to those types of shows. And, um, you know, the Raws and the Smackdown should be used to try and build up these matches rather than what happened in the main event, which we'll come on to, which is almost like the match setting up 
a TV match the next day, and that's not how it should work. You know, the TV matches should be there to set up um, the pay-per-views, and uh, you know, all the consequences should be um, settled and everything else on the pay-per-view show. So that's how it should work. But uh, now, since the launch of the WWE Network, that kind of mindset has certainly changed. And I think we'll see more of that. I don't think we'll see less of it. I think we'll continue to see uh, more pay-per-view type matches on TV. And as a result, these pay-per-view type shows will feel less special. Um, but what I think the WWE will will be doing is, um, you know, having these matches as more stipulation type matches um, or shows with more stipulations so that the matches that we'll see on the TV shows will be straight-up matches and, uh, you know, your Iron Man matches, your cage matches, Force Cat Anywhere, Street Fights, those are the ones that we'll see on the specials on the WWE Network. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. I, I mean, I'm old school, so I, I kind of like that basic psychology that you, you build up towards something. Mm. And, and that's maybe why, you know, why I like NXT so much, because that NXT is very much built around the, you know, the old school mentality and that, that kind of psychology. So, I mean, you mentioned it there, you know, the main event, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns. I certainly didn't expect the title to change hands here. And the way that they did it was, uh, it, it was kind of cute in a way, I suppose, you know, the way that been teasing that uh, Owens and, and uh, Jericho, had, you know, split. That was it. That was the end of the beautiful friendship. But, um, you know, Jericho coming out, Giving Owens the code breaker is the smart, is you know, is a clever way of uh, of maybe sort of fooling the crowd and giving him the the win. I mean, it, I, I've got to say, I mean, it, it went it went over twenty minutes a match, and it was uh, it, it was a bit you know meh to me. I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was okay, and I've but I've seen. I think I've just seen both guys have so much better matches this year, and and. I wasn't particularly looking forward to the match itself. Maybe that, you know, part of the build-up and the fact that, the, you know, the match that was on before it, it, I don't know, it was almost like a bit of an anti-climax to me more. Yes, um, it was, you know, by far the biggest disappointment of the show. Um, you know, these two have been star performers on these bigger shows in 2016. Um, Kerry Owens has been usually exceptional and uh roman reigns you know even though he gets a lot of stick from various quarters um when it comes to working these big matches on these bigger shows has been consistently good very good and some of his matches have been fantastic um so i had high hopes for this and i thought you know it could be a tremendous main event but it just didn't click and you know i mean even before you know the lame dq finish it really wasn't building up into any kind of great match it just didn't quite work and i'm not sure whether it was because these two just lacked that chemistry or um you know they they knew what the finish was and um didn't want to go you know balls out with this one for whatever reason but uh yes it just wasn't a particularly inspiring main event and uh that that was a shame because as i say this was a match that featured arguably to the three best uh, big show performers of 2016 from the WWE. And uh, you know, the fact that they delivered uh, an average mediocre match was, was, was poor and disappointing, but nonetheless, 
Um, you know, Kevin Owens retained the title, which I thought was the right thing. Um, putting the title on Reigns for several reasons just would have been a, a really bad move. And you know, they uh, sort of teased that ongoing storyline between Owens and Jericho. And then how that sort of uh, swerved there where, you know, he um, cost Roman Reigns a chance to win the title. So it meant that, um, you know, the friendship is still more or less there, but um, hanging by a thread almost. But um, no, it, it was it was a, a flat ending to what could have been a very good show had it been a really good main event. And um it wasn't so. Uh, that that was that was disappointing. Yeah, it was a little bit of an anticlimax to, and a shame really because, like we've said, you know, on the whole, it was a pretty good show. Really, it was it was decent. It was wasn't was not spectacular or great or anything like that, but good and enjoyable on the whole. So, I mean, moving from moving over from that, you know, that we say there's a little bit of an anticlimax to to another. Something that I, I particularly wanted to talk about. This is a feud that's been, you know, really going on for months, and I think it's been handled really well. I think it it's, it was built so so beautifully on television, on NXT, and the matches that they had together. Most of those matches were just incredible, apart from a, a recent match over in Japan. But um, Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, the, the title's actually gone back and forth, which is something that they don't normally do in NXT. Uh, but but Nakamura won the title back and then successfully de- uh, defended it in Australia against uh, against Samoa Joe. Is is that it now? Then do you think that is it now between Nakamura and Samoa Joe? And and does this mean that we'll likely see Samoa Joe moving up to the main roster in the near future? I would hope so, yes. Um, not because I'm bored of seeing the two wrestle. I think they've had some um, great matches this year, albeit their more recent matches on NXT um, in the last couple of weeks haven't been quite up to their usual standard. Uh, but it's more because, um, you know, we, we've talked about at length in recent weeks that um, the, the brand split has certainly not done many favours for... Um, SmackDown, in terms of depth of roster. I mean, the SmackDown show, um, if, if anything, is the more consistent and tighter of the two uh, weekly shows um, in terms of the main rosters, uh, which is a credit to the writers as well, that even with a limited roster, they're still able to put out a pretty decent uh, TV show on a week-to-week basis. Um, but, you know, there's a real, real depth issue there, which... Um, and certainly going into 2017, is just not sustainable. They can't continue feeding us Dean Ambrose versus AJ Styles uh, for another few weeks, never mind months. And yet, you know, as we talked about last week, um, who else is there who can viably contend against uh, AJ Styles for the WWE World Championship? I mean, there's John Cena, but, um, you know, he comes and goes you know, every every two, three, four weeks at the moment because of all these various commitments outside of the WWE, which in itself is kind of funny and ironic given all that um, stick he was giving to The Rock several years ago about being a part-timer. But, um, you know, Samoa Joe is somebody who's absolutely 100% ready uh, to be on the main roster. And um, 
now's the time to bring him up. I mean, he's not a spring chicken, you know, and he's in his late thirties, as is Shinsuke Nakamura, in fairness. Um, but um, Nakamura, you know, he's somebody who I think will still be on the NXT roster for several more months. But uh, you know, Samoa Joe, his time is now to come onto the main roster. And what better time to debut him on the main roster than at the Royal Rumble? And um, on that basis, I would think that uh, his um, time on NXT is coming to an end. And, um, you know, he's had a very good run in NXT, I think, um, you know, for the good uh, 18 months or so that he's been there. Um, you know, he's certainly delivered and um, had a good renaissance as well, because I thought towards the end in his time at TNA, um, he was really losing some momentum and also some... Um, motivation for the wrestling business and i think nxt has rekindled his fire and i think as and when he does step up to the main roster in the wwe we're going to see the best of smojo and the best of smojo um is something that's well worth watching so really looking forward to that yeah i absolutely wholeheartedly agree it's um He's certainly certainly good enough uh, and ready to be on that uh, that main roster and yeah it's Smackdown is absolutely crying out for for someone else, and he can do that uh, that babyface role for you know for a short period of time before he can before he moves into you know the heel role that he's so effective at. And and yeah, I I, I think his tenure in NXT has been uh, has been as good as anyone's really. I think he's helped kind of elevate the brand as well as elevate himself. He's had some fantastic matches. Uh, and and puts in some brilliant promos at times as well. He, you know, he just he knows his character inside out. He knows it really well. Uh, if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com.
BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And I think he could play a really, really, really good part on uh, on SmackDown, and that would be great to see. But just a brief point, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, um, on more on on NXT, and, and I think I, I think they should be congratulated, really, in the the, the way that they continue to evolve and, and develop, because you know, obviously, they. Are are there to feed the main roster and you know they get a star or they get a couple of stars they move up to the main roster they've got to replace them but this year they've probably seen more than ever migrate from nxt up to the main roster obviously with with the brand split in there Uh, but it's the way that nxt kind of almost seamlessly evolves and then just moves on and then just starts you know sort of building new people up Uh, i i think myself i i really really like the way that they do this i mean just some thoughts from yourself on on how nxt have have managed this year of change i I think they've managed it um on the whole pretty well i mean as you say they've uh, taken a big hit with um, some big names that they've had over the last couple of years you know moving up to up to the main roster or rosters as it now is and um that's something that um you know, must be hard uh, when you lose quite key individuals like Bailey, for example. Um, you know, became arguably NXT's most popular ever female star, and um, you know, losing her at a time when the female roster was not exactly um, full of depth um, can't have been easy. But um, it's something that they've they've managed. Um, I mean, I've got to say that certainly for the first half of 2016. I wasn't all that blown away by the weekly NXT TV show. Um, I didn't think um, it was all that great earlier in the year. A lot of the shows were fairly run of the mill, and um, the only real highlights were the you know the takeover shows, which you know throughout 2016 have all been you know various degrees of great. Um, but in the second half, I, I think that NXT has. Um, taken an upswing uh, in terms of the weekly TV show. And um, now we've seen an introduction of um, various new characters, uh, personalities like Sir Bobby Roode. Um, you know, we've seen Roderick Strong um, debut. We've seen um, Precious Paul Ellering's uh, tag team, whose name I forget. Go and remind me. Authors, the of, authors pain. of Pain. There we go. <laughs> um, you know, they've come through and, you know, they're not, they're not, the most exciting of acts, but, um, you know, there's something different and, uh, you know, play that monster role quite well. You know, we've seen DIY, uh, come through as a good unit together as well. Revival, um, you know, have been a bit more prominent on TV too. So, um, you know, it's only the, year uh, in a pretty healthy state, which, um, as you say, you know, is, is all credit to the people behind NXT likes of triple H and co, um, you know, They've done a really good job of um, keeping the brand going and um, helping it to grow 
um, whilst you know regularly losing talent to the main roster. So uh, fair play to them, and I'm sure it'll be much the same in 2017. You know they'll lose um, Asuka, they'll lose Shinsuke Nakamura, they'll lose Samoa Joe, but they'll recover from it because they'll have others on, already on the roster that will step up, and at the same time they'll bring other people from the independent scene into NXT during 2017, and also people from their developmental system as well. Um, you know NXT as well as um, finishing uh, kind of place for independent talents is also a place that they uh, bring in you know athletes and other people from um, you know various places around the world and um, turn them into professional wrestlers um, at NXT and uh, you know we'll see some some of the people from that um, start to emerge during uh, the next 12 months too so uh, you know, NXT is um, something that's really proven to be a, a very valuable asset to the WWE, and I think it will become even more so as time progresses. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I know I've said it before, but I, I do think that, that that blend of experienced talent that they're bringing from the indies and the up-and-coming people from developmental, that, that blend that they put together, I think it, it really helps, you know, helps elevate and progress the younger guys and the, the more ex- inexperienced but also just yeah that bit of finishing off for some of the other guys it's uh, I, I love the blend and it's like I've said you know I'm old school and I think it kind of appeals to that sort of old school mentality it's almost like a territorial uh, show and it's yeah I, it's just nice for us to uh, to at some point in the year you know squeeze something in and mention the the work that goes on there and and how they manage it and 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 like you say more you know there's there was a lot of people you know they've took some big hits there this year but that but they recover and they'll continue to be the case and and i'm sure they they'll keep recovering so it's yeah it's it's something i i always enjoy but um anyway speaking of the year it's uh, time for us to to start giving out our little awards of the year then our our uh, what was it our potties and our what, what was the other one? The, um, ones. the potties. Potties, that was it. Potties, yeah. <laughs> so we've we've got we've got quite a few uh, topics or, or quite a few of them here to go through. Um, if we start, I, I've got a list. I know you can see the list. It, if we start uh, somewhere near the bottom, then I'll go. What about gimmick then? Who? What do you think has been? Who's had the best gimmick, or what's been the guess, the best gimmick of 2016 for you? Well, my my favourite gimmick of 2016 um, would actually have to be um, Braun Strowman's, um, and it's not so much a gimmick, I suppose, but uh, it's just that the character is is a bit of a throwback to um, perhaps the you know 80s and early 90s era of the WWE with these kind of big, huge, massive muscle monsters. And, um, you know, it's kind of a refreshing one in a way that, you know, they've got a guy there who's, who's clearly quite limited in terms of in-ring ability. But, um, you know, the fact that he's playing this role, which is very different to, um, the majority of the roster, um, just sets him out, um, sets him apart. Whereas, you know, 20, 25 years ago, he would have just been another guy, um, but um, I, I like what he's doing with it, and um, I, I think that there's there's something there. I mean, he's not the kind of guy who's going to be working five star matches, 
But um, I mean, he's somebody who appeals to that more casual fan base that doesn't really actually care too much about five-star matches and watches wrestling more for personalities and characters and gimmicks and people who are larger than life. And Braun, you know, is certainly somebody you can't accuse of not being larger than life. So, uh, you know, it's something that I think has got a lot of potential. And I think 2017 um, is something that, as a gimmick, could could go quite far. And, you know, if it does, then, um, you know, it could really pave the way for some of these other bigger guys in NXT who we don't see on the weekly show, but are there um, training and being developed, um, you know, by uh, William Regal and Dave Finley and the likes of them, um, and give them some hope that, okay, we're, you know, six foot eight, six foot nine, seven foot tall, um, you know, we're 400 pounds or 500 pounds, but actually we still have a role to play in this business. And, um, you know, it's almost reversed to the old days when it was the smaller guys who thought, well, what chance have we got of making it in this business? Because it's all about the big guys and it's gone in the opposite direction where it's more about small to medium sized guys nowadays. And, uh, you know, it's big guys who think, what role do we have to play? But um, I think that Braun, you know, is certainly starting to get over. And um, I actually think that the Royal Rumble He'll actually be one of the most over talents on the show. Um, and, you know, if, if that's the case, then, uh, you know, this could, you know, this forthcoming year could be a big one for him. So I, I'd go for Stro- Strowman for best gimmick. How about yourself, Andy? Um, it's a good shout. Certainly it's a good shout for him being very over at the, the Rumble. But my gimmick for 2016 has to be glorious. <laughs> has to be. That, that's just been so great, so successful, and has really reignited uh, Bobby Roode's career as well. So, uh, for me, it, it is the the gimmick of, of 2016. It was it's a great, great. Uh, well, it's a, it's quite a simple gimmick really, but the music kind of makes it, and he has embraced it with with open arms and really turned it into something. And I, I love it. I still do. I still, I still pop like a child when it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's tremendous, isn't it? It is. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's one of those things of why, why we still love watching his business after all these years, mm. even though it frustrates us and embarrasses us at times. Moments like that, it's, it's great, isn't it? Great, great, uh, great to switch off from real life and 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 have fun. So, yeah, that that that, that was mine. Uh, the next one on the list is promo. So, what what about you for for promo of the year? Because I'm I've got a I've got a sneaky suspicion. I know what you're gonna uh, you're gonna give this to. For, for me, it has to be the Miz on Talking Smack. Um, oh, I got it in one. <laughs> when he cut that fantastic spirited promo against um, you know Daniel Bryan in. You know, the way that he cut it, it almost felt like, yeah, there, there's some genuine, legitimate emotion and truth behind what he had to say. And um, he feels like he's underappreciated. And it all came out, didn't it? And um, you know, it certainly blurred the lines, didn't it, between, you know, what's scripted and what's reality. And um, that, that's part of what makes um, some of what we're seeing on, on SmackDown so good. So that that was my promo of 2016. 
Yeah, it, it was it, it was very good. I, I've look, I've got to admit, I've never been a fan of Miz. I, I'm still not, you know, huge on him, but I do appreciate his character. I appreciate the improvements he's made in the ring, and he does deliver a good promo. and And that was very good. It was. It was almost reminiscent of CM Punk's. Although I don't, I could, you know, some people say, well, was, you know, was that a shoot or was that a work? I, I felt it felt a lot more work than CM Punk's did, oh. um, which did feel very kind of shoot. But that was the beauty of CM Punk's delivery, I think. Um, I, I don't necessarily have one as such. My, mine is more kind of it's probably a collection of about two or three. And that was from AJ Styles uh, on smackdown once he'd become a heel um i just i think it again it's the old school in me i thought he delivered some really really great just heel promos uh, and he really you know for a guy who apparently wasn't much of a talker he was he was just hitting the ball out of the park week after week and not just in the ring but on the microphone too so i just to be different i'm i'm going to go for AJ Styles really throughout the summer on SmackDown. Oh. Okay. <laughs> just to, just to, just to go against the grain, which I have to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, our next one is match of the year, and I've I've got to say, like I, I just mentioned, AJ Styles. AJ Styles. If I had sort of a top twenty matches of the year, AJ Styles would probably be in ten of them. Uh, I think he's had some phenomenal matches this year, but in my outright match of the year, he wasn't in that one. So, but before I, I reveal that one more, I, I, I want to know what yours is. Well, for me, um, it's the match that I described as the best tag team match in WWE history. Um, albeit it was an NX on an NXT show. It was, DIY versus the Revival, two out of three fours at the um, TakeOver event last month in November. Um, it was just a phenomenal tag team match. Um, it just built and built, and um, at the end, the crowd was at fever pitch, and uh, the, the work of all four involved was just off the page. It was unbelievable. As good a tag team match as you'll ever see in the WWE, so um, that, that was my match of the year. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Uh, mine, I've actually gone for Nakamura against uh, Sami Zayn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, another fantastic that, match. Yeah, uh, it was just one of those matches that it, it had such an, a, a sense of anticipation, excitement about it, and they delivered. And I just loved that it wasn't, there was no storyline to that match. There didn't need to be. It was just pure action, and it was Brilliant! I, I really took me out. It was it was fantastic. Um, absolutely loved that match. That's uh, that that's that's my one for this year anyway. Um, th- this one's a bit different now. Is this is like uh, your best TV show or series of the year? Now uh, we're narrowing this down. Basically, uh, Raw, SmackDown, Two or Five Live, NXT, or CWC. Uh, so. Out of out of them, what what gets your vote this year? Um, yeah, it's a good thing that you mentioned series because um, for for me it has to be Cruiserweight Classic. Um, 
it was what 12 parts 13 parts um over the summer months and uh you know it, it just was another show which i thought was a really enjoyable show week to week and got better and better as the weeks went on um climax with a live event and uh you know that that was also a really good show and um you know, the, it was good that it was set at full sale, home of NXT, and um, what that meant is that the crowd, um, the live crowd in attendance at those matches, um, was reacting to the talents and the matches in a, a loud, uh, better way than we normally see um, at Raw with the Cruiserweight matches, and uh, I think that made a big difference, and um, you know, that, that was a really enjoyable show, and the commentary was good as well with Daniel Bryan and um, it was Mara and Allo as well, wasn't it? And uh, they, as a pair, worked really well. It was really refreshing commentary, um, you know, very uh, different to what we normally hear from commentators in WWE. So uh, the whole concept um, you know, presentation worked tremendously well and was a big success. And... Um, I'm just hoping that um, they can replicate that to an extent with 205 Live, but uh, that that was just a big success for me. Yeah, I, I got to absolutely agree. It, um, it, it was it was it was very near perfection. I thought the way that they put it all together, right from the go. You know, how often would you would you watch a show just introducing you to people and explaining how it's all going to be laid out? They did it so so well. That bracketology, Corey Graves in the studio, them two on the on the on the mic, the crowd, you know, small intimate crowd, really plugged into it. They they'd, they'd done their homework and they set everything up really really well. If it had been in a great big crowd, it probably would have lost some of its atmosphere. But because it was a small crowd, it was hardcore, and it got it over more and more. And and I for me, it was it was it was just. Like I said, it was a very, very near perfection. It was, it was a fantastic series, and so, so well done. And, and like you, I hope they do it again next year. And would be intrigued to see, uh, you know, how they'd follow it up and, and whether or not they can, they can do as well a second time round. So uh, yes, you know, clean house for CWC, and, and rightfully so. Um, but what about event of the year then? Uh, and now this can be. Uh, pay-per-view event it can be uh, you know house show it can be uh, even even you know what a certain night of raw or smackdown or whatever you want what what uh, what what event really struck you as the standout one for the year well there were a lot of good shows um both in terms of the main roster and also from nxt but um my favorite of 2016 has to be the most recent takeover event from uh, november the night before survivor series um it was a fantastic show we saw what in my view is the best wwe tag team match ever and we also saw a magnificent main event between shinsuke nakamura and um samoa joe and um it was just a, a tremendous event tremendous card you know the talents were over and um you know we saw a glorious entrance too so what more can you ask for? It had everything. So it was the uh, takeover special in November. That was the show 2016 for me. It was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was. Uh, I, I'm going to, 
I'm also going to go for a takeover event, but I'm going to go for the one in Dallas. Um, I mean, it, even just to read out that card, because um, I, I thought it was it was something else. That I mean, that card, American Alpha against Revival, Austin Aries beating uh, Baron Corbin, Nakamura and Sami Zayn that night, Asker and Bailey and Finn Balor and Mojo. You know, a, a, quite a concise card. Oh. It just uh, for me, I, I thought it, it was every match delivered. <clears throat> it was tremendous. It really was absolutely tremendous. And for me, was far, far better than uh, the WrestleMania event of the same weekend. It totally, in terms of uh, delivering in the in the ring where it really matters in a show, I thought it completely overshadowed the big event, despite obviously not having the same pizzazz as that. So, uh, yeah, that takeover in Dallas, that that. That has to be my favourite of the year. Great pick. <clears throat> oh, thank you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so, m- moving on now to uh, our tag team of the year, then. Who gets your vote for this one? Because I've got a sneaking suspicion we might have gone for the same team here. We quite possibly have. It has to be the Revival. Um, yes. You know, what, what a great tag team. I mean, they're old school you know, they, they work in a way that, you know, you and I um, grew up watching. Um, they employ tactics which almost kind of original now because we, it's been a while since we saw, you know, tag team wrestling of that style. Um, that it's almost gone full circle and uh, feels new and something different again. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just such a polished and well-rounded act and, um, you know, comfortably for me the best tag team pairing in the entire WWE and the fact they're not on the main roster is in some ways a travesty but in other ways actually I, I don't mind too much because um, you know whilst they're on NXT um, you know, they're protected and uh, you know, they're given a bit more freedom and we rarely get to see them you know in the spotlight uh, in a way that we perhaps might not see on the main roster um, especially at the takeover events and um, at the takeover shows, you know, they've always delivered. So they've just been tremendous all throughout the year and, you know, they just get better and better just as you think, okay, these guys are so good. You know, you'll watch them on an NXT takeover event um, and, you know, they'll bring something different and they'll just blow your mind. So what more can you say? Fantastic tag team, fully deserved um, tag team of the year in my view. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, old school heels, uh, old school tag team heels, uh, really, really polished act. And, and I think it, it's it's been to their benefit that they've not moved up to the main roster. Uh, so they don't get lost in the shuffle because so many people went up at once. We've seen what's happened to American Alpha. You know, they were fantastic. They were absolutely on fire. They've gone up to the main roster and they haven't had a definitive plan for them and they've kind of just drifted off. I think... Staying in NXT allows Revival more time in a spotlight, a spotlight, allows them to shine that bit more, get them more polished and ready. So when they do come up, you know, that there'll be something there for them and people are really ready for it. And and I think probably American Alpha could have done with a similar thing. They could have done with maybe waiting another two, three months before they moved up. So absolutely for me, deserved tag team of the year, the Revival. Uh, but what says you on female performer of the year more? 
Well, again, for me, it's a clear winner. Um, it has to be Charlotte or Charlotte Flair. She's now known um, clearly the MVP. <coughs> excuse me. Um, improved massively throughout the year. I thought she was already very good at the start of 2016, but you know she stepped it up several levels. Um, you know throughout 2016, and uh, you know it's just um, as good a female talent all round as we've ever seen in the company and uh you know she's still got so much more to offer over the next um several years and uh you know who just who knows where she, she'll go and you know, already she's broken boundaries and you know really find um the division and um you know taking it to unparalleled heights and uh you know she'll take it even further in 2017 so um, for me, there's there's no doubt about it. She is the best female of the WWE for 2016. Yeah, I I can't disagree with that. Um, I mean, I will say that I think uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks are better wrestlers than her. But I think although she's good and she is a good worker, I think she's improved and she's become a smoother, more polished worker now in the ring. I think her work is definitely is is get is it just runs at that bit smoother in there and she's just getting better and better but the biggest thing i've seen from her in recent months is her promo work you know she used to really get flubbed and stuck by crowds the way they were reacting to her when she was trying to talk and interrupting her you know uh, she's really got over that now and she's very confident on the mic really come a long way and the way she, she carries herself purely and simply the way that she carries herself as a heel champion, it is authentic. It's believable, and yeah, for me, she is the clear winner for for the for the best female performer of 2016 for the WWE, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, that just leaves the male then. Uh, what about you for male performer of the year then? Because there's a, there's there's got to be a few shouts for this one. There are, but um, I think there is one that stands out, and um, that's one AJ Styles. Um, what a year he's had debuted at the Royal Rumble uh, to much fanfare um, had a relatively quiet couple of months after that uh, went into a program which I didn't think um, was all that great um, you know involving um, the Miz and I think it was Chris Jericho and um, it was around May time April May time that um, you know, his, his career really started to pick up and um, you know he um, started to move into the kind of main event title picture and um, he's not looked back since. And, uh, you know, he's now a fine champion has had magnificent matches throughout the year. Um, he's a great character and great storyline performer and cuts fantastic promos, um, good personality. Um, he's even got a interesting haircut. Um, so, you know, he, he's just, um, a magnificent talent and uh you know this has been aj styles year where the wwe is concerned and um you know, i think 2017 will be just as good if not better for him so um you know he's thrown the gauntlet down to the rest of the roster to say okay if you guys want to you know become the top dog in this company um you know this is the bar that i'm setting and uh, let's see if you can jump over it yeah, I've got to agree. I mean, the people like Kevin Owens have certainly got to be in with a shout. I thought he he's had an excellent year. 
Uh, and he's at times he's he's almost carried raw it, just with his promo work as much as anything. But yeah, AJ Styles. I mean, it, the only thing, the only down point is that you know at 37, it's a shame. It's an absolute shame that he wasn't uh, he wasn't brought in sooner. And I'm sure WWE kind of look back now and think they would kind of regret not calling on him sooner because I remember seeing him probably sort of 10, 10 years ago in, in TNA having triple threat matches with uh, Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe and they absolutely blew me away uh, and 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 he continued to have great matches against anybody there he, he was just, he, well he lived up to his tag you know, he was phenomenal uh, seeing him come up was great, I was so so pleased that he finally made that move and like you said, you know, early days, it was a bit sort of hit and miss in where they were taking him. But once he got paired with uh, with John Cena, you know, for some people, having a pro- having a program with John Cena kind of like takes them off, you know, that their momentum sort of dies off. His has gone completely the other way uh, and he's just skyrocketed. Uh, and the heel turn has been fantastic. It's been perfect for him. He, he's, he's, like I said, you know, for me, his promos stand up there with anyone that he's just he, he's the mvp for wwe he's, he's been he's been the standard bearer for, for the smackdown brand and yeah it just he, he's got great matches out of everybody you know he, he's he is he's had some fantastic matches with anybody and on on anyone on the roster he'll have a great match with and he's just such a great performer so yeah Without a shadow of a doubt, he's he's my uh, my winner for 2016 Male Performer of the Year as well. Uh, that just leaves us with uh, with one before we uh, before we finish off. Uh, that's our moment of the year, and and more. I'm I'm kind of intrigued as to what what, what you would pick out as being your moment of the year for 2016. I thought there were um, a number of very memorable moments um, we saw. Shane McMahon bringing a very memorable moment at WrestleMania. Um, we had one or two surprise comebacks um, during 2016, which uh, were quite memorable as well. Um, but the one for me, though, was um, the night that Daniel Bryan retired. And, uh, you know, his farewell promo um, was um, quite amazing, the reaction to it um, and the way he delivered it as well. Uh, very heartfelt, very uh, sincere, um, you know, completely 100% honest, you know, said what was in his heart. And, uh, you know, it was such a shame, wasn't it, the way that his career had to end. You know, the way that that was handled by him in the company, the way it was used to finish that particular episode of Raw uh, made it a, quite a memorable, amazing moment, really. And, um you know, it was as good a send-off as he could have had, really. Um, I'm sure if he had to go out on his own terms, it would have liked to have gone out, you know, much, many more years down the line in yeah, a I'm sure retirement he would, match. But, I'm yeah. sure he would have liked to have gone out in the ring as well, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, 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 you know, we give, we criticise WWE at times and give them a hard time for things. But, yeah, absolutely, the way that they handled that episode, it... it was it was fantastic really wasn't it it was really really well done oh yeah is yours the same pick or something else well i i was i was actually 
tempted by the return of um, Seth Rollins <laughs> from injury. That that was that was one of them where you know it got such a huge pop from the crowd. That that was a great moment. But you know, thinking about it, I, I've got to go with the same thing with Daniel Bryan. You know, ju- just because it was such an emotional thing, you know, and that was it. It came from the heart, and it was it was real. You know what he was talking about was real, and you oh. could see that it. You know, this this you know this is a business that meant everything to him. It's his life. You know, he owes everything. You know, the fact that he's married, you know, his wife. It, you know, everything that he that he has, he owes to the business, and and it really you know really tugged on the heartstrings. So yeah, I, I think. I think, in fairness, that absolutely has to be the moment of uh, of 2016. So, yeah, it's a a nice way to uh, to end our retrospective of the year. Um, but before before we close the curtain, so to speak, uh, on the show for tonight and for this year more, uh, a couple of things to to go over, isn't there? I mean, there's these the IT there's the upcoming uh, ITV World of Sport special that that's coming up very soon and. Also, you want to talk about the the UK Championship, the announcement the WWE have made there. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, firstly, with the uh, ITV uh, World Sports Special um, that's airing on New Year's Eve. Um, I believe the times now been changed from four to six to five to seven. Um, I heard Jim Ross actually on Talksport um, today um, plugging the show, and uh, he mentioned that it's going to air five to seven. Which is even more of a shame because it almost completely overlaps with Liverpool's uh, match against Man City. But um, you know that—that's what the record function is for, isn't it? And so I'll, I'll catch the show um, on record. But um, you know, it's fantastic for British wrestling that it's got a prime time spot on uh, ITV um, on New Year's Eve. So um, very exciting for British wrestling, and um, can't wait to watch the show. And um, yes, as you say, um, last week Triple H announced that um, the WWE is launching a new championship, which is the United Kingdom Championship, and the WWE is holding a two-night, sixteen-man tournament, which will be taking place in Blackpool. Um, both nights will be airing live on the WWE Network, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. In fact, I'm actually attending the second night um, which will be the night which crowns a new champion and um, that will be taking place in Blackpool in fact both nights are at the Empress Ballroom both shows should be magnificent you know they've pulled together um, several top names from around the UK the most notably in my view is is the favorite for the tournament um, Pete Dunne who's been one of the um, most improved talents of 2016 on the UK scene and somebody who I'm sure um, before long will end up on the main roster in the WWE um, after coming through NXT. He's a fantastic talent out of Birmingham. You know, he, he's the one to watch um, in this tournament. So uh, that's coming to the WWE Network in January. And who knows where it will lead? I mean, it's it's not necessarily going to be just a one-off tournament to crown a champion. Um, you know, we might end up seeing yet another weekly show much like 205 live uh, which wwe might decide to tape um here in the uk so we might be seeing a lot more you know tv tapings coming out of the uk um which will um, be almost like a uk brand for the wwe so it's fourth or arguably fifth um separate brand um so so that's um 
certainly a very exciting development, um, both for WWE fans as well as fans of the British wrestling scene. So uh, plenty to be looking forward to in 2017, Andy. Yeah, I mean, obviously with, with William Regal there, and and a lot of other wrestlers, you know, there's an increase in the British theme there within the WWE, and then the influence is growing, and and obviously we're getting people like Jack Gallagher now getting over and making a difference. So it's good to see that the WWE recognise that the that the wrestling scene in the UK is strong, it's healthy, it's growing, uh, and and also encouraging that they're looking to tap into it because I think not only. I mean, obviously they're looking at it for themselves, but the fact that they're looking at it and they're looking to tap into that and they're going to have something themselves, that gives the talent here in the UK something to aim for, to really look at. You know, they, they've got something to motivate them that little bit more, I think. So it's, you know, there's they can it's probably for them, they'll maybe see that as there's a clear path there now to uh, to move across and then, and then become, you know, worldwide stars. So it's, yeah, it's potentially uh, you know exciting times ahead i'd say oh yeah absolutely um you know and if itv and world sport um decide to uh, make you know their show more than just a one-off and um commission a series um, or may even make it a weekly show then um you know talents from not only the uk but even from around europe and even elsewhere around the world will want to come to the uk to uh, work for whether it's the wwe's uk brand or ITV's World of Sport brand, um, or even other uh, promotions that might um, become bigger as a result of the exposure from um, WWE and ITV. So, you know, it's very exciting times for British wrestling. And about time, I mean, you know, British wrestling was um, one of the strongest um, territories for decades up until uh, late 80s. And, um, you know, it went through some very dark times, but it's come out you know, all the stronger for it. And, uh, you know, it's as exciting a wrestling scene as you can find around the world. And um, that's testament to all the people that have worked really hard, um, you know, over the last you know, 25 years plus um, to keep the scene going and um, to help it grow and create this renaissance. So uh, you know, um, a lot of credit to those people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and like you mentioned, you know, with the with the world of sport, you know, if you're a football fan and you're going to be watching football, you are listening to this on a podcast. You have access to technology. Don't be scared. Don't be frightened. You can record it so you can watch it later. Not to worry. So well, that that's <laughs> but that is uh, that's about it for us for tonight. So I've got to say thanks again. And uh, I've I've certainly enjoyed this look back on on the year. That's all right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's been a Overall, it's been a really good year. Um, you know, there's been plenty of things that obviously we've been quite frustrated about, disappointed about, angry about even. But, um, you know, we've got to think about the fact that there's been plenty of positives too. And, um, you know, we, we've seen some fantastic wrestling. We've seen um, some very promising strategic changes in the WWE in terms of the types of talent that they're looking to bring through and develop and um you know, it just bodes well for, for the future. And um, I'm, I'm sure that 2017 will, will follow suit and we'll, we'll have plenty of exciting things to um, enjoy, um, as well as, you know, the odd one or two things that we can all have a good old moan about as well. And, that, and that's part of the fun of, of, the, of these podcasts is to have a good old moan. So, uh, 
we'll, we'll be there all the way in 2017, won't we, Andy? Yeah, well, well, you know, where would we be without a good old Mon? Yeah, it's it's certainly that you know 2016, even if I can say that, it's been a year of of ups and downs. And yes, there has been plenty to moan about, but there also has been plenty of positives. So, um, so before we go there, more, I just want to say thank you. No, thank you as well. And, um, looking forward to uh, getting back recording in the new year. But in the meantime, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to all the listeners, and have a happy new year, everyone. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it's it's like we say, you know, there's been ups and downs, there's been highs and lows, uh, but but lots of exciting stuff happening. And this is the last PWI of 2016, but we will be back in the new year, and we should have hopefully more to talk about on the British scene. But also, we'll be able to start building up towards the Royal Rumble as well. But for now, uh, it's uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for listening all through the year. We uh, very much appreciate appreciate your support uh, we hope you continue to enjoy it uh, do have a good christmas do have a great new year and we will see you again in 2017 deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.